God bless you guys. Uh, I, want, I wanted to sing that song again. Is that possible? Sing that song again? I want to sing that song because you know, I was watching everybody worship and we've been going through uh, the countries, you know, everybody's going through ups and downs. Some people are happy. Let's be real. Some people are probably happy. But there are a lot of things going on in our country, the tree fell, all this stuff is happening, all this weight of the world is on us. But I want to, I want us to sing that song again because I want us to really believe that we put our trust in the Lord. Are we aching like, oh God, help me, Lord Jesus? Or are we like, really like, I trust you? Because something happened on, on Tuesday night when I woke up Wednesday morning, like an explosion happened in me, like everything I was called to do is now is the time. Like, it's like, I was telling the other adults, it's like, it's like having a boat, but it never rained, and there's no water, no such thing as water. All of a sudden, it rains and there's water, now I got a boat, now I know what to use, use this for. This is a season and a time where this is where we shine the brightest. This is where we do what we do. This is where we Jesusify everything. This is where we love everybody. This is where we transform our nation. We're not dependent on people to do it for us. You can't depend on people to do things for us. We have to depend on God. So, can we sing that again? You sing, right? You know how to sing, right? Can we sing that? <laughs> when we went to the Young Adults Retreat, my wife was blasting me all day long, right? So now it's her turn. Can you sing? Yeah. Let's just go to that point where we put our trust in you. And I, if you don't feel that right now, then we'll pray that you get to that point. But if you really feel that you're gonna, you trust us in the Lord and He has you in His hands, I just ask you to stand up and worship. We are, we are making a declaration saying, Lord, this is, I put my trust in you. I totally trust you in my life. Everything that's happening. So who cares what's going around? I was watching Saturday Night Live last night, you know, making fun of the election. I was laughing. This world is crazy. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. What are we going to do in this season? What are we going to do in this time? We're not going to cry. We're not going to fight. I, I, you know, I think it has to come a point where we get rid of Facebook because my wife is telling me all this stuff that's going on in Facebook arguments. I'm like, who cares? And she tells, that's the only, the only time I don't want to hear what she got to say. I don't care what's happening at Facebook. I don't care who hates who and who doesn't believe in water, who voted for I don't care. All I care about is what Jesus is doing in my life. What Jesus is doing in me and in you. So let's think that's going to quick and, and you know, just put your trust in the Lord. And I believe God wants to break through and wants to use us in this season. Amen. I say we put our trust to say. We put our trust in you, God. We put our hope in you, God. We put our faith in you, God.
do it? <laughs> this means stop. This is not um, black volume. This is stop. <laughs> Oh my God! Ready? Amen. I have. We were, we were praying about this. We only had like two days to prepare, which is way more enough time for us, right? <laughs> but um, I asked God, no, just you know, just give me a word for the people. Give me a, like a, a, some prophetic word or just like insight. And I heard the Lord say it so clear. He said, um, "Do I have your undivided attention now?" And I was like, what? I was like, yeah, you got my attention. He said, because I heard you, but are you ready to hear me now? In this season. Amen? God is faithful. He, we, we don't just pray to God and ask for things and pray for things. And he just was like, yeah, that's good. That's all good. But I want you to do what I want you to do. It's not any like that. God hears everything. And God is going to work everything out for our good. I'm not going to get into politics because I'm just going to use it in the humor of every of all the things going by. I'm going to make jokes and stuff. So, man. Amen? You don't understand this. It's okay. That's my guardian. In case I say something, she could jump in the middle. Amen? All right. I'm going to read this scripture. This is a, a scripture that God gave me. And this is in Matthew 5, um, verses 14 to 16. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I'm going to do a little illustration. You guys can shut those lights up. Can somebody give me that empty garbage over there? Hold on. This is so like people that like me, they're kind of like GD grads, so we can understand this. Amen? Don't get offended you took a GD. It's not that dark. Let's, can you shut the lights off? Press the buttons, because now we're... This garbage right here, this is our light. Let's say each one of us has an individual light, right? Can you see the light on the floor? Here, I'm going to put it up. This is, like, this is what I use to go in the dungeon downstairs in the basement of my job. This is what they give me. This light right here is our light, right? But the cares of this world, politics, nonsense, bills, boyfriends, baby mommy daddy stuff, your job, every, everything you can think of, it's like this big giant garbage. And we are the light of the world. And what happens is we like cover the light and then we live in darkness. And we're looking for ways out. We're looking for answers and answers and answers. So like so many people do in our time, like, like this time, they're looking for people to give us the answer, someone to rescue us, someone to set us free. And so many people were disappointed for that. But God is the one that we put our trust in. Amen. We are entering into a season, I, I, I hate to say that we're entering into a season like this, but the fact of the matter is, we always should have been like this, but things get to this point so it can wake us up to be what we all always supposed to be. I think it's a season now where we begin to un unveil the light that's inside of us yes. and allow God to use us in the fullest, in the fullness of who we are. Amen. If he wants our deeds to be shined before a man and so they can see the good deeds so they can worship our Father in heaven, 
then what are we doing on a daily basis? Do we love our neighbors? Do we love the people that surround us? Do we care about the people that we encounter every day? We've been like this for too long. The body of Christ has been too long. So God, so I believe, I, I don't want to say that everything that's been happening to us is, 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 is God-led, but in the sense like God wants our attention because we're so comfortable. We're so satisfied in where we're at. We're happy. That's good. We're happy with the good enough. I'm happy with good enough. I'm happy that I, my bills are paid, that I can buy pizza whenever I want to. I can buy a pair of shoes for Sunday anytime I want to. But the world they see don't see nothing. All they see is darkness. And we have got caught up in that darkness with them. And we don't see the light, even in ourselves. And we cry out, we come to church, and for all your glory, what's for your glory, Lord? Trust you. Put what trust in you? I can't even see past tomorrow. I can't see the future. I don't see the next step in my life. You know, last night I had a dream. And it was so it was all crazy. But each step was God was showing me something. I was walking through the church. It was like the church. I was walking through the church. And I saw someone that was blind there. And they asked the person, can you please move to the side? And the person got angry in the dream for being moved to the side because they wanted to sit in the front so they can see. Wow. Does that make sense? If you're blind, you can't sing. You can't see. But the person was so upset that they moved them from the front to another place so someone else could sit there. And they got angry at the fact that they want to see. There's, there are people in the body of Christ that don't know what the next step is in their life, but yet they want to be in the front lines leading. Wow. They want to be minister to people. They want to teach people. want to guide people. But they don't even know where in God's name they're going. I saw another part in the dream where I forgot the, the dream. Maybe that was the big thing I was supposed to say, right? <laughs> but it was just different things that were going on. Things that didn't make sense in the dream. Like, why would this person complain? Why would this one be angry? Why would this happen? We are too comfortable. We are too, way too comfortable in the body of Christ. And we're asking God. God see, that's the thing. God hears us. And we're asking for breakthroughs. We're asking for transformation. We're asking God to do great things. God's like... Okay, I will do it for you. And when things shake up, we start crying, we start worrying. I came in on Wednesday morning, everybody was crying. Crying in my job. And I was like, and I was just like, like licking my chops. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to. I, I it just came to a point where they were like, I need to talk to you. Can I talk to you later? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need to talk to me? Yeah, yeah. And my son Jaden was with me in the morning. I was like, you see? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll meet you later. I'll meet you later. And people don't know where to turn. But because my light is not darkened and dimmed by what's going around the world, and I'm affected in the sense that I'm not going to let these things dictate to me who I am and what my next step is. I let my light shine so that people can look in the darkness and they can find the light. Amen. The world's in darkness. What light they're looking for? Is your light shining today? Do they see you in the darkness? Can you see in the darkness that there is hope? I'm going to read, uh, you can put the lights on, I can't see the dark. So. Where's my phone? I am going to read Romans 13, verses 8 through 10. There is a, um, because we've been concealing our light for so long, um, that's a price we no longer could afford to pay. In the generation we live in. You can't. I was watching Saturday Night Live last night. And they, 
they're doing the, the, the bit where Hillary Clinton gets up, and I'm thinking it's gonna be funny, and she's like, we're gonna keep moving on and crying. I'm like, oh my God, this is a serious moment. It's not a joke. The world doesn't know where to turn. And the body of Christ is, is in the same boat that they're in. We should not be in that same boat. We are the light of the world. And through us, they're going to find the answers. This is the great... It's like, I don't know, I watch Star Wars. I know my Star Wars fans over here, y'all. I'm like, I am a Jedi like my father before me. Like, I am called to do... He did his great things when he was on the earth. Now it's my time to do what God calls me to do. It's time to step out again. So let's read uh, Romans 13. I don't know. I can't... I, I, I am, I'm being sympathetic. I'm trying to be sympathetic about our situation, but I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I told my wife, I don't feel it. I don't feel this thing. I guess I don't have Facebook, so I don't get caught up in a lot of craziness. And I don't watch the news either. All I watch is like Smallville or Supergirl and all that stuff. <laughs> so I'm clueless to what's going on and stuff like that. But I think that's a good thing. Because I maintain my attitude. I maintain my focus in the midst of the craziness, right? So let me get to the scripture, right? It says, owe nothing to anyone except to, this is the Amplified Version, except to love and seek the best for one another. For he who is unselfishly loves his neighbor has fulfilled the essence of the law, relating to one's fellow man. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and, and any other commandment are summed up in this statement. This is the statement summed up. Check this out. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, love does no wrong to a neighbor. It never hurts anyone. Therefore, unselfish love is the fulfillment of the law. Let me tell you something. If I went out and loved people as I love myself. Now, I'm going to deal with the fact that so something's going to happen. If, 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 I'm going to deal with the fact that sometimes we don't love ourselves. So how can I love somebody else? And that's the, we'll deal with that in a second. But if you love yourself, you care for yourself, you don't want anything bad to happen to yourself, and you don't want to kill yourself, and you treat other people like that, you actually fulfill so many of the sins that we do every day. We, we cover that. It, it's covered by the love of God. It covers how I love for people. If you want to kill somebody, you're angry. What if you love that person? That, 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 that situation of anger or killing somebody or stealing or robbing or covering somebody's stuff won't even come to mind because I love my, my fellow person next to me. The world needs us to love them. I don't know where you're at in your spirit and your heart when it comes to other people, even church people, but God is calling us right now to love our, love our, our, our neighbors as we love ourselves. We're in a time. There's a time period. There's no time for us to um, mess around anymore. Amen. There is no time. I, I never thought I would be in this place of, in my life where I'm speaking things like this. I would be like, oh, just somebody. Back in the days, you know, they talked about the end times. I'm like, yeah, it's not happening yet. A lot of us have the mentality, give me another hundred years. And it'll happen. When I die and then my kids' generation, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think in our timeline, we'll see it. We'll see it. So God chooses us. For such a time as this. Amen. A generation. They're raising up a generation. We are that generation. There's not the next step after us. We are the generation that God is raising up. For this end time harvest. He's coming back. Amen. It's our job to love now. There's no long waiting for someone else to do it for us. You can't wait for the leadership. You can't wait for pastors. You can't wait for the. You be the light. Amen. Imagine we waiting for everybody to do, the leadership to, and the pastors to do stuff. Come on, pastors, do stuff. You make me feel better all the time. Oh my God! What if they go through something and they fall apart? Who, who where the heart go to? That's what isn't that what happened in our nation today? 
People are frustrated. You know, I mean, it, 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 I'm not getting politics, but it gets crazy when people say, the Lord told me to do this. The Lord didn't tell me nothing in that booth. Leah did. <laughs> My daughter Leah. She was like, you voted for that one? I said, yeah, I guess, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what these people do. <laughs> We have, a, we have a, such a worldly mentality in how we live things and how we do things, but we're not of this world. We're no longer of this world. I don't want you to feel down today. I don't want you to feel broken today. If you're broken today, I, I, I encourage you to come up and receive Jesus as your Savior. Because if the woes of the world has got you down, then, then where is Jesus in the midst of that? I think, that he's, I, think you're, I think you have a light but I think that, that, that it's kind of covered. I think it's covered and no one can see. And, that, and you're consumed by the things of life. You're consumed by sin. You're consumed by everything. You can't even get up. You can't even move to the next step. Amen. I don't know. I have this like vivid imagination of like, a, like I said, Star Wars. I always want to be like a swordsman. <laughs> like, I even had a dream one time where uh, I saw God up in, in, in the, on the top of the stairs and there was all this snow and I had to shovel a pathway to him. And it's like, um, who, who will do this? Who will do this? And I saw all these weapons. I wanted to get like an axe and a sword and, and be like a ninja. And I grabbed a shovel. <laughs> For some reason, I ended up grabbing a shovel. And I began to just shovel the way. to shovel, to shovel. Take my time and just shovel the way to Jesus. That's a great honor. To prepare the way for the Lord. And our job is to get rid of all this garbage. All this garbage that's covering our light for people to see. I come to work and I was like, I don't say nothing. I don't say nothing. And people just be like, can I talk to you today? You got some inspirational thing. You kind of read me, right? You do those things, right? And I'll be like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I'm able to minister to people and bring them life and bring them happiness. I bring them joy that the next couple of days my job was at peace. And nobody even cared to, to hear about the, the election. We got power in what we do. This is power. This is a guiding light. This is going to show people the way they're supposed to go. It's not by religion. It's not by how many times you give or do this. It's by the light that's inside you that's going to change people's lives. But if we can't even love our neighbor, what are we, we going to do? How can we help them? There are people hurting out there. There's gays out there hurting. There's blacks out there hurting. People don't trust in the government. People don't trust in none of that stuff. People are going to get angry. People are protesting. I saw in the newspaper they had like Trump's, like a fake head of Trump, like hanging on a stick out there. People are resorting to anger. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Christians be like, yeah, maybe you'll get assassinated by January. That's a man that Jesus died for too. I don't condone his actions. I don't condone the, the foolishness he does. But he's a man that God can reach too. How do you know God wants to use you to reach him? If your light is dim, how can you reach? If you show no love to people and all you do is condemn, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? How do we make changes? We've been out of the church for a long time. And it just seemed like one thing after the other, right? One thing after the other, one thing after the other. What's going on? God's trying to grab our attention. He has a plan for us. Everything we've asked for and above what we believe that we can do and imagine is about to happen. And God is saying, it's time to release the garbage off of you and let your light shine in this season. 
There is no turning back. There's no more time to play around. I'm not trying to be religious in a sense where you go, oh God, forgive my sins, and you worry about your sins. No, 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 no. Love people, and in loving people, you'll fulfill all those laws. You won't desire people's women or desire people's husbands or what they got. You won't have sin. You won't commit adultery. You won't try to kill because then everyone that you encounter, you just see the love of God over them. And you want to spread that love to people. There's a reason for that. There's a really big reason why these things are happening right now. It's all for the glory of God. But what were we going to do in this season? It's time to rise up. I can't. I, I, I was telling a bird. I was like, I don't care if we go back into sanctuary. Because if we go back to the same thing, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I want to go back to transformation. I'm sitting up there like can't stay still like a tiger in a cage. That I want to grab the mic and say, hey, do you believe this? Do you believe what he's singing? Do you believe what he's singing? Everything in me wants to just like jump alive. It's our time. This is our time. This is what we're waiting for. This is how we function. We're like fish in water now. We've been out of the water flapping away and, and, and suffering, suffocating. Now God said, I'm letting a flood come right now. Now it's time for you to swim upstream, swim downstream. Swim. Do what you got to do in Christ. It's the season for it now. I pray that God, I think, I, I really feel like God is a loving God. But he's like, I don't want to play. I need you. I need you. I need you right now in this season. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I want you to have this. I want you to have things that you desire. We're not going to put limitations on Jesus no more. We was at the Young Adults Retreat and the Lord told me this. I'm going to finish with this and she's going to get up and spit fire, right? <laughs> there, um, one of the things we were talking about, the Lord had me in the book of Samuel and, and when, I, when, he spoke to, when God spoke to Samuel, he said in their ears they were here ringing, both their ears. And he began to tell him about what the prophecy came for, was going to come forth that he spoke about Eli. I really believe the Lord is trying to get our attention for this reason. What he has said in his word and what he has promised to us in his word and may have promised to you individually what has been a, a spiritual thing, what has been a dream in our hearts, in our minds that we haven't seen to come to pass, is going to begin to manifest in reality now. All the desires of our hearts, all the things we cried out for, things we prayed about, things we prophesied, had no clue what we were talking about, but someone else received it. Those things are about to come to pass now. But God said, at what end of this, of, of this prophecy will you be? Will you be on the part where you're giving the prophecies and receiving the blessings? Or will you be like the person where, where you didn't do what God said to you, so now the prophecy is against you. And you're one of the ones that God spoke about in the word that doesn't receive the blessings of God. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Not in the sense of receiving Jesus as your salvation, but when you rescue, when you want to be rescued of something, when you need hope, when you need freedom, when you need peace, that salvation is for you. Today is that day. Not tomorrow. There is no more going forward. There's no more going forward in the same way. God said, I want to transform your lives. I want to change every situation. I want to provide for you what you need. I want to open doors for you. I want to bring in a harvest for you if you're willing to do it. If you're willing to do it today, if you're willing to say, yes, I trust you, who cares what's going on in this world? All I know is if I stay with Christ, I'm about to blow it up. I'm about to shine bright. I'm about to walk in fear. I was telling, I was saying, how can I get to the point where, um, where Peter was getting um, turned upside down on the cross and he was like, oh, no, no, put me upside down. Like, I, I, I couldn't do that. I was like, hold on, how, let's, let's do it a different way. Give me an injection so I can go to sleep. Then put me up there. I don't want to go through that. But as time goes by, you start getting a boldness and you start realizing that my father's coming back. Amen. That he's drawing near. Amen. And he's getting me ready for him. And in getting ready for him, there's about to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. 
There's about to be lives changed. There's about to be uh, people set free. Things that seem impossible are going to be possible now. But if we are like this, this is, this is not heavy, so don't worry about these. Um, if we're like this for so long, it's not going to change anything. You're not going to change anything. You ain't going to make a difference. All you are is just noise. But in the darkness, as we put all our lights together, we bright out, we can see where we're going. Man. We can see where God is taking us. We can look at each other and see, yeah, you got the answer. You got the answer. I got the answer. And we can grow as a body the way God desires. I really believe. I mean, that's the first word I gave George as a prophecy when I came to sanctuary, which I never gave prophecies before and stuff like that. And they called me into a big room. Mark said, oh, come into a big room. Everybody came in a big room. And God was showing me the influx of people that are about to come in, how, how the, the provision is going to about to come in, how lives are going to be changed, how the doors are open all day long for people to come in for prayer. I saw all these things, and I didn't see them throughout the years. And God said, don't worry. That's not on your heart. That's their heart too. But I come to shake things up. Because I come to fulfill the promises. And you're my children. And I love you. And God said, I'm going to do what, I, what you asked me to do. And I'm gonna, when I do it, what I, what I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. So God said, you don't want to move, so I'm going to move you. You don't want to get up, so I'm going to push you to the side. God pushes to our knees because he loves us. He wants something better for us. And, it's, and everything we've been asking for, he's about to do. So allow the process to happen. Allow the perseverance. Allow it because we know that something great is about to happen. And he's working something wonderful inside of us that's going to bring us to a place. When we get to that place and the influx of people, the harvest is coming, we're ready to feed them. Amen? Interesting. I uh, I kind of wore my message on my shirt this morning. I see you have a message on your shirt. It says rise. I see Hassan has a message on his shirt. It says God belongs in my city. I see Sal has a message on his shirt. It says grateful. And I have astigmatism, so I cannot see what y'all shirts say in the back. But I see something about matter. Something about you matter. Okay. So my question to you this morning is: Are you really ready to wear your message? Are you really ready to wear your message? Because like my husband said, it is a time to shine. You know, it's interesting because I feel a little like David this morning. I'm feeling a little like Esther. I'm feeling, you know, a little like I was born for such a time as this. I'm feeling a little bit like David when he was sort of sitting out just tending to the sheep, minding his own business. And then all of a sudden, this big giant bully made his way on the scene. But because of everything David had been learning all the years out in the field, there was no fear in him. Amen. Not because in his own strength he understood that he was mightier, but because he knew the strength and the mighty warrior that he believed in. Amen. And so this morning I feel a little bit like David and I feel like I got some stones in my hand. And I don't really feel like I'm very courageous and very confident in my own flesh. But what I do know is that it has been prophesied to me, as I'm sure it's been prophesied to a number of you in the room, that you, in, in fact, have been called for such a time as this. Amen. But let me tell you something. I have always been the one to stand up against a bully. I don't like bullies. Earlier this week, I had sent out a word that was on my heart for the leadership. And I literally, in my spirit, before all this chaos took place in our nation, felt a bully and a giant rising up. 
and it infuriated me. And I thought to myself, man, is this what David felt? Is this what Esther felt? And I said to myself, no, no, I understand that a demonic spirit, a wind, a demonic wind of fear, anxiety, depression, and suicide has almost covered our nation and blown in an unprecedented way. And I know that in my 37 short years of life, I've never seen our nation in turmoil the way I have this, this week. And I know that you can all agree with me. But I'm telling you that I'm fighting with you. I'm fighting for you because this is what I told God. I will not stand by and watch you, the people of God, be tormented by fear and anxiety and worry and doubt that your God is not for you or with you in this hour. In fact, he is more with us now than has ever been. He is making himself known in an, an, an unprecedented way in 2016 like never before. The Bible says that we're sin abounds much more grace. Much more grace is given to you today. It's given to all of us because, yeah, it's great for us to say we need to love our neighbor, but in our own flesh, that's really difficult. It is the truth, but it is a very difficult truth, especially with the dialogue that's been had on social media and on television and even amongst the body of Christ. But yet Jesus is still in the midst and I am fighting with you. I've been on my knees for you this week. I've cried out to the Lord for you this week. There are leaders in this church that have been on their face for you this week. You are covered by grace. You are covered by mercy. The Bible also tells us whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I want to take a minute. And would you all just bow your heads? Father, I thank you for every single life represented in this room. I thank you for every household. I thank you for every child. I thank you for the generation that you're raising up in this room. I thank you for every leader. I thank you for every pastor. I thank you for every minister. I thank you for every musician. I thank you for every hard worker in this room. I thank you for every sister, every mother, every brother, every aunt, every uncle, everyone under the sun that you have created in this room, God. They belong to you, Jesus. And so now, in Jesus' name, by the authority of the blood of Jesus, I bind the spirit of fear, the giant of fear, anxiety, doubt, worry, and suicide. I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I command that the only thing that be divided in this room is that foul spirit, that foul demonic spirit be divided. And as it came in one way, it's fleeing now seven ways over every single household in this place in Jesus' name. And in its place, I command that the spirit of peace, success, prosperity, joy, love, gentleness, meekness, and goodness make its way into every heart in such a magnified way in every household in this place for your honor and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We are definitely in a war. But we are in a war that we have been set up to win. Okay? We're set up to win. We are not a defeated people. We are actually more strong and more courageous in this hour than what we know. Except for the media and the world is shouting out to us a different story. 
And really, behind all that is the enemy trying to make you believe that you are at a loss of control. But that's a lie. Because you are more in control in the spirit than what you realize. It's just some of you aren't opening your mouth. Some of you are afraid of the opinions of men. Some of you are afraid to just hug on somebody and love on somebody. But I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Right now, you have more. You, have, you are the most powerful people on earth because God has put the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. You are redeemed and you are chosen. And I hope you all feel like a little David today. I hope you all feel a little Esther on the inside of you. I hope you all understand that you have been redeemed for such a time as this. And where sin abounds, much more grace will abound. And so this week... I had posted something on Facebook because I had to answer to five children. I had to answer to a generation in my household. And I want to encourage you all that this dialogue, and whether it's negative or positive, is up to you. Because the dialogue starts at home. Your dialogue is not dictated to by what the TV is telling you, or by what Facebook is telling you, or by what Instagram is telling you. Some of you may need to take a little break from that. I would encourage you to maybe just get your perspective back, to maybe just get a little bit of clarity. I know that I had to step away from it this week. I know that my heart was heavy for it because of it. And so anyway, the morning that I woke up and I was sort of at a loss what to tell my children, and this is where sin abounds but much more grace. I'm driving in the car. I didn't say anything to my kids. I know some of you saw that post that I had put up. And I had my head down in the car and my kids were talking to me and I was like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Because I didn't have an answer and I have to be very careful how I answer my children because I take that really serious, y'all. I take that serious. What I pour into my children, I know I'm going to have to answer to God for. And so I just said, until I'm ready to give the right answer, I'm not going to say a word. And almost immediately, as I just felt like my heart sinking into my chest because I couldn't answer this question for them which was what's going on, what's going on in the world. I look up as I'm driving and I see a license plate, a license plate. And it says Romans 1311. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? And I, I picked up my phone, we were at a stoplight. I took a picture of my daughter, I said, what are you doing? I said, that's scripture, that's scripture. I told her, open up the Bible, open up the Bible. Hurry up, open up the Bible. And she opens up the Bible. I'm gonna tell you what she read. And if you have a Bible, Please, by all means, open it up. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, Romans 13, 11. Do this. Now, my husband was reading verse 10 to you, which was about love, right? So the do this is love. Do this knowing that this is a critical time. I mean, when my daughter said those words, I almost lost it. Only Jesus could send a word that was that on time, literally. So he says... Do this knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Talk about perspective. My mind was blown. I started to cry. I didn't even know what to say. Because you know what? Just like you, I have my feelings. Okay? I have my feelings. And it's okay to have feelings because let me tell you what I tell my kids. All right, I'm going to tell it to you. 
because you got your God's kids, okay? You can have your feelings. You, every single person in this room, is allowed to feel whatever it is you want to feel. You were created with emotions. You were created in the image of God. You are allowed to feel whatever you need to. But you just can't act on it. You just cannot act on it. You cannot act on it. It is not okay. And you can ask all five of my children. At one point in time, I have told them all the same thing. You can feel upset, but you can't act on that. You need to check yourself, I tell my kids. You need to exercise that spirit of self-control. So it's okay. We need to process our feelings, so please process them. If you feel like you need to cry, take that to Jesus. If you feel a little angry, please take that to Jesus. If you're feeling victory, take that to Jesus. Whatever you're feeling, but be willing to make room to love one another. And when the time calls for it, submit to one another regardless of your opinion, regardless of your feelings. Submit to one another in love. And lay down the defenses. Lay down the offenses of another person's opinion. Because our salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Verse 12 says this. The night is almost gone. The night is almost gone. The Bible says in the day is almost here. So let us fling away the works of darkness. And I love this. I love this. And let us put on the full armor of light. The full armor of light. I don't know if y'all read that in your Bibles, but there is a full armor of light. And if we're being told to put it on, then that makes what my husband said true, that some of you may be living in darkness. Because it gives us an instruction. It says to put it on. Don't be a city set on top of a hill that cannot be seen. We are called for such a time as this because the night is about done. And the sun, the sun is rising. And he's about to come back. And, you know, Pastor George has called us out and calls us the prophets of the church. And that's heavy. That's heavy. In fact, the first time he said it, I was like, why did you say that? <laughs> I went home, I had a heart attack. I said, did you hear what he called us? Do you understand what that means? You know what that means? That means there are times that we're going to have to say things to you. And you may not want to hear it. And there are times that we may prophesy to you and it may not be what you want to hear. And there are times like these that we get to share the greatest prophecy that, we could, ev that could ever come from our mouths. Which is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah who walked on the earth, is going to come Amen. again Amen. for his church. A church without spot or blemish. But guess what? It's the leadership's job to make sure that when he returns, that y'all are ready. Now you all have a part in that. But understand the weight of the leadership. And I say that because I want you to remember to keep us in prayer. Pastor George shared with us in the room earlier that he was walking down the block the other day and 
it seemed like a tree was almost going to fall on him because the winds were so strong. And he told us that he looked, like literally looked up and said, you're trying to kill me, aren't you? <laughs> Meaning the enemy. I'm sure maybe people thought you were crazy when you were doing that. But hey, you know. Sometimes you got to open your mouth and acknowledge it for what it really is. You don't have to stay stuck in a place of fear, but acknowledge it. Yes, the enemy wants to take our lives. Yes, the enemy wants to snuff out the leadership. Yeah, he wants to try to make us seem like we're powerless because we're not in our comfort zone. But we are the church. Amen. And that has not stopped us. And I love that. I love that it hasn't stopped you from raising your voice and worshiping the Lord. I love that you're still loving on one another, that you're informing one another, that you're encouraging one another. That is such a blessing for us. Look how filled this place is. Amen. The enemy would make us believe that. Who wants to be there? You know what? Well, we can't wait till we get back into where, where we really want to be. But I want to leave you with this. And, and the worship team, if you guys could come up. I just want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this thought. The reason why the enemy has exalted one human being to re be responsible over an entire nation. Now hear what I just said. The reason why the enemy has set up one man to make everybody believe that they are that he is responsible for the well-being of an entire nation is so that you wouldn't take responsibility over the kingdom of God and the values of the kingdom of God in your life to be able to spread upon the earth. That's why. The values and the morals and the things that we are looking for are found in the kingdom of God and it is our job. And if we leave that on one man to bear, then we're putting our faith in the wrong place. We are children not of this world. We are of another world. We are of another kingdom. And it is our responsibility to shine our light and to love our neighbor and to be in one accord and stand in agreement and open up the dialogue of agreement at home. The world is going to scream out to our kids what all the differences are. It's going to scream out to you all those things. God left it for one man who was Jesus Christ to be able to take on the entire world and he did it once and that's all he needed to do. And then he left us here with his spirit so that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus. So that we would be the mobilization of the kingdom of God in the earth. So let's not leave that up to another man, but let's be responsible over our faith. Let's be responsible over the kingdom of God that lives on the inside of us to uphold and to maintain the love that this world needs. The earth moans and groans for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. So will you arise? Will you arise? Will you do it now? Will you let your light shine? If you will, say amen. amen.